Missionary Mindset. This is the podcast where we do a deep dive on all things missions in East Asia. In this episode, we're joined by Ben Hoskins. You may recognize Ben from episode three when we discussed the IMB and their Compass Project. This time, we discussed COVID restrictions in Taiwan, missionary burnout, missionaries going home for the first time in years, and missionaries getting creative with their ministries. Let's jump right into the interview kind of what I wanted to talk about if you're if you're okay with doing it kind of what we've been talking about a little bit is just COVID and like its effects on missionaries in Taiwan like specifically I guess because compared to a lot of other countries Taiwan's been in lockdown or restriction you know two plus years going on <laughs> at this point yeah absolutely I, I may not have answers but I'm happy to, to <laughs> guess <laughs> yeah no, that's fine a lot of it has to do with, with COVID. Some of it has to do with a lot of missionaries are going home, not just with the IMB, OMF, YWAM, kind of everybody's sending their, their crews home this summer. And so one of my questions I can go ahead and share with you, how has missionary organizations in general, or how have missionaries kind of prepared for that long delay where they won't actually be in Taiwan doing ministry, they'll be at home being able to recover? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. The what we're seeing with our organization is a lot of a lot of people are 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 traveling and doing you know with our every organization is different yeah. um ours does typically every three to four year what's called a stateside assignment where you go back and you know do a lot of mobilizing porting churches partners and in, in developing that those networks um, and that time period can range anywhere from even a couple of months to to a good chunk of a year. What we noticed is we have a number of people doing stateside assignments this year, uh, and we're we're. I think part of it was because COVID, and so and so we're seeing a large number of people doing that uh, this year. And some of that's maybe just just coincidence and timing. So um, not any, not so much a. A strategic, hey, let's 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 send a bunch of people out. Uh, there wasn't so much of that. It was just the timing of things. And some are doing a brief, you know, time in this uh, of a stateside summit. Some are doing a little longer. It just it varies. So I think that's part of it. Now I think too the I think about Taiwan just big picture COVID. It's almost um, inverted uh, and backwards and opposite of what much of the world. And what I mean by that is 2020 is when most of the world shut down and ministry in a lot of places came to a halt and a lot of people could not either they had a visa that they couldn't extend and had to leave or they could not get into their country of service and you just had a lot of missions uh, around the world put on hold however taiwan was was a unique exception to that uh, and in 2020, Taiwan, for the most part, was, uh, you know, business as usual, with the obvious exception of borders being closed. But as far as if you were here and were already here, sure. you know, ministry and gatherings were able to continue um, really unimpeded. And, I, you know, by God's grace, Taiwan was really one of uh, the bright spots in our, our area and region for just being able to continue ministry when so much of the world could not. However, the last two years has been different as the much of the world has, um, I don't wanna say moved on, but has loosened restrictions, et cetera. Um, 
Taiwan has has tightened them. And whereas much of the world was able to resume ministry in Taiwan, it has become much more difficult in the last two years. Last year with the level three sl- sl- uh, slowdown, shutdown, whatever we want to call it. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and of course, this year with the Omicron outbreak, not as many restrictions are in uh, as last year, but a, a lot of hesitancy to to do and gather um, yeah. which does make it make it challenging. So it's interesting to see that you know Taiwan's experience has almost been the opposite of much of the rest of the world when it comes to just the pandemic and then specifically to ministry in a pandemic. Yeah, so you kind of mentioned it a little bit. Have you noticed I guess what's been kind of the biggest challenge of Taiwan having its borders closed because they've been closed for I guess kind of three years now with like organizations. I know each organization will be different with your organization. What's kind of been the biggest challenge of that? Yeah, uh, for sure. Uh, a couple different challenges. Uh, number one, we have a number of personnel that we've just not been able to get into Taiwan for a long time. Not only were borders closed to tourists, but they have been closed to many long-term visa applicants. Um, and that has meant we have just a number of people waiting. There was a window uh, early in 2021, uh, late late 2020, and then also in, in in spring of 2021, where where some of those visa applicants, long term applicants, could get in. But with the level three, and then uh, actually there was the first kind of mini outbreak early last year. Then then they reopened it back up. Then there was level three, and really since then it's just not been been available. And so we have had some for really one to two years that have just not been able to get into Taiwan, um, which has been very difficult. And in fact, we've, some of those, we've actually just ultimately redeployed elsewhere um, just because we, we wanted them on, on the missionary field. And there were other places that, that had needs that they could get to. And it just it eventually came to a scenario where it just didn't make sense for them to continue to wait on Taiwan. Now others have, uh, others, others are in, we just felt like we're in roles that we really needed here. And we were going to, we're going to wait uh, so it's been a very, uh, challenging scenario, really just family by family, uh, position by position to really decide where do we go from here? And you're making decisions in a vacuum, right? You just don't, you're making decisions without all the, the facts and the variables, and you just have to just look to the Lord and seek his wisdom, um, and recognize too, you're dealing with, with families, with people, with lives. It's, it's not just a, a role or a job on a, on a, on a piece of paper. It's people's lives. And what do, where do they go? What do they do? How long do they wait? It's just, um, that has required a lot of patience and wisdom. That has been one challenge Two for those that are here. Um, you know, we have a lot of people doing a lot of different roles and some are, are very much just are very much engaged on the ground. Their role is here. Uh, we have others where their role is maybe in a, if it's a leadership role or whatnot, where they oversee ministry outside of Taiwan. And um, for, for those folks, it's been very difficult to, with the border uh, challenges, they can, you know, people like me can with an ARC, uh, fortunately can exit and re-enter, but the, the, the quarantine has been very prohibitive. It just makes it very difficult to do any kind of uh, travel for ministry elsewhere. It's not impossible, but you're talking, I mean, if you go for somewhere for a week, then you come back for two weeks, 
Um, and then even on two weeks, I mean, it's now, it's not two weeks anymore. It's I think seven days, right? But it was two weeks for, for a good chunk of the past two years. And then even on top of that, an additional seven days of self-monitoring where you really can't do the whole lot. It just made it almost impossible to, to, to really do a lot of ministry outside of Taiwan, especially obviously if you have a family. And so that has made for some of our personnel just very prohibitive and you know, there's pros and cons to that, Kyle. I mean, I think, I mean, I don't even look at my own ministry. Um, I am one of those who, who oversees area outside of, of Taiwan. And it, it has meant just, um, it has meant not being able to visit personnel. It's not, it means not being able to seize opportunities uh, elsewhere. It has meant a loss of, of ministry. Um, on the flip side, I can see though that not traveling like I would have in a non-COVID has meant more time in Taiwan, which means there's a lot of aspects of our ministry in Taiwan that we are further along in uh, because we spent more time here. And so, right, I mean, I think it's a lot of its perspective. Uh, yes, there are things we cannot do. Yes, there's reasons, or there's challenges with the borders and, and restrictions, but it also opens up doors elsewhere if we're willing to open our eyes and see what God is doing. So, but anyway, that has been one of the other challenges for not only not being able to get people in, but for those who are here, just a real, real limitations on being able to travel outside of Taiwan. Kind of talking about the people aspect of it, the missionary aspect of it. Have you noticed any, I guess, missionary burnout or like COVID fatigue just because of people not being able to travel or always having to check and see if the regulations allow them to do whatever they want to do? Sure. Yeah, I think so. I I think um, there's a real fatigue. I, I think I was actually just at a personal level reflecting on this in my own journal the other day of, um, recovering from COVID and I had a sense of fatigue and um, I just thought, is it, is it physical fatigue, uh, kind of COVID remnants? Is it uh, mental fatigue of just all the, the limitations and challenges of the past two plus years? Spiritual fatigue, you know, I don't, it's probably a combination of all of the above, right? Yeah. So, I mean, that's just a, that's a personal anecdote, but I, I think, um, Yes, I think there's a, there's a real sense of uh, fatigue with that. Um, I, I think, to, for, to be honest, that means sometimes morale gets low. Um, I, I think not only with COVID, just COVID itself and the, the restrictions, but just all, um, all the, the changes that it has brought uh, with it, whether that's being able to get certain teammates in or maybe for some individuals not being able to get to your field of ministry uh, and, and all the change and then being able and needing to change your location of ministry or your role and all the changes that, that it brings. And so you've got the, the, the pandemic, but then you've got all of its ripples. And that's not, that's not, that's not a, a referendum on those restrictions and whether they're, they're valid or necessary or needed. I, I, right. I think, I think most of us within the body, I think all of us within the body of Christ want to do what we can uh, to love our neighbor and do, do what is needed um, to, to bring it into this. And so um, it's not necessarily a referendum on those restrictions itself. I think it's just an acknowledgement that they bring challenges and limitations that uh, for, for some, a missionary in the body of Christ who simply wants to do gospel ministry, and then you run into those walls or setbacks or limitations, because I think it's, it's only natural to see ah, a sense of frustration, a sense of discouragement. So very much so, I, I think uh, 
much of what I have really seen for those of us in leadership, I think a lot of it is simply just trying to be an encouragement. Hey, it's encourage whether there's there's frustration or discouragement or low morale to say, hey, you know, trust in the Lord that there's better days ahead. Trust in the Lord and his timing. And I think that's been a, a lot of it. Whereas maybe in a normal context, it would be just focusing so much on st- strategy and direction and ministry and tactics of ministry. While we still do that, it's it's also we can't forget there's just that personal dynamic and that spiritual leadership of, of just seeing where people are and, and navigating some of that low morale and discouragement, if you will. So absolutely, I, I think it's whether it's an inability to get to your field of service or being in your field of service, but being just limited in, in what you can do. I, I absolutely think it's, it's, it's brought about a sense of frustration, fatigue, uh, discouragement for sure. I think one of the good things that has come from COVID that you were kind of talking about or alluding to at least with regards to the leadership teams for all the different organizations, they've had to be more involved, like emotionally involved with their teams. Whereas like in the past, kind of like you were talking about, they've been so strategy focused, whereas now they're being more whole person focused, I guess, as well as the strategy. So I think part of the good thing that's come from that is it's created leaders that are going to be more well-rounded, more balanced, I think, at least in my opinion. I Obviously, I'm not a part of any organization. It just seems like that would be the case. Yeah, no, you're right. And, 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 and let's be honest, I mean, the, the need for uh, spiritual care or pastoral leadership or e- emotional investment, relational investment, those things were needed before COVID, like yeah. for sure. Um, but I do think uh, the, the realities of the past couple of years, hopefully for, for those in leadership has at least uh, opened our eyes to say, hey, there's, there's a whole host and maybe some of us who are tasked and get to it and strategy, we cannot be oblivious to the fact that we're talking about humans and there's a, there's a relationship dynamic here there. I think you need, there needs to be a sense of trust that, hey, my leader is for me. He, she cares about me, cares about my family. And, and I think as leaders, if we don't have that, we're, we're, we're naive and kidding ourselves that we can really lead effectively. And so um, it doesn't, negate the need in fact if anything it should hopefully open our eyes that the urgency of the gospel task is even greater than ever uh and yet um it also reminds us that we're a family we're the body of christ we need to be caring for each other we need to be relationally invested with one another and that that is part of part of leading and recognizing that people are fatigued people are discouraged people are frustrated I think I noticed too for our folks in Taiwan, uh, our teams, like I said, in 2020, we, we were able to just keep going full steam ahead when much of the world was put on pause. Um, we were going full steam ahead. And I remember there were times when we would get you know, messages or requests from personnel or teams outside of the area or even the home office, people that were, how to say, that, that had a little more time on their hands because they were they were uh, on, in kind of a shutdown mode and just a sense of feeling, you know, and they would send us requests and we need you to, and I was kind of thinking, hey, we're, we're still going full steam ahead here. I, you know, yeah. um, and then coming to last year and kind of just coming to a halt with level three, I remember I noticed in my own life, my own family, but also some of our teams and, and personnel of just like 
we had gone full pedal for the first year and a half of the pandemic when everything around us in the world had slowed down we were going to full steam ahead and i'm not that's not necessarily saying we were glad when level three hit we weren't uh it's it, it we lost a lot of momentum with that for sure but i also think it was maybe uh, a blessing in disguise of saying let's slow down let's remember the law we're in this for the long haul um, let's pace ourselves and um, and almost use that as a way to recharge for for the next season, which we did. We were able to kind of ramp it back up in the fall, into the spring, only to in the last couple, you know, last month or two to kind of hit yeah. slow down again. But um, I, I think it's recognition that we're we're really walking in the in the long haul and seasons here. And now a word from our sponsor. Taiwan Missionary Fellowship is a movement of missionaries working together to reach Taiwan for the gospel through a network of mission organizations, church leaders, national gatherings, training events, and resources. For more information, go to tmf.org.tw. This podcast wouldn't be here without Taiwan Missionary Fellowship. So I just want to let you know about a recent update they had at TMF. I'm happy to announce that they have a brand new website with an online directory. The online directory is a super useful resource to find missionaries and their ministries in Taiwan and other parts of Asia. You can search by location or category. If you're interested in having your ministry or organization listed on the website, go to tmf.org.tw. That's tmf.org.tw. I was actually going to ask a little bit about that. So I know last time we talked about kind of the compass program and stuff that you guys are doing. Has that changed obviously within the past because of the restrictions and stuff? So are you guys doing that more online or what's that kind of look like now? Yes and no. I, I say yes in the sense that, you know, those kinds of larger scale trainings um, we have not done in some time with local churches and conventions and partners um, really scaling things back to kind of Sunday service. And that's really it. And some not even doing that. Some doing that online, a real hesitancy to want to do other things beyond that. And so that means things like a lot of the training we were doing, the, the compass event, we were doing a lot of it. We did a lot of evangelism training, always have, but even it really ramped it up at the beginning of this year. Um, and we're seeing a lot of progress with that. Almost all those things came came to a to a pause um, recently. Now we where we have been able to we have shifted a lot of those online. Um, what I noticed with the compass was that local leaders um, were um, very adamant that those, they wanted to do those in person um, because so much of the value of those trainings is a lot of the dialogue and discussion, which is great. And, and, and the desire to be in person is admirable. I was like, I want them to be in person too. Unfortunately, it has meant that we've just waited and waited, you know, cause I think, I think there was the sense of, well, let's, let's put it on pause for now. Surely in a month, the outbreak will be settled back down. We can start back up or surely, you know, and it just hasn't. And, the, 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 the genuine admirable desire to do those things in person um, and not online uh, has ultimately meant we've just not been doing them because we've been waiting and waiting. <laughs> and so where we have been able to, though, we've been able to continue things online or even small scale things in person. Um, 
So I say yes, that it has impacted those. I say no, because the compass is really just, it's really just a picture of what we call the core missionary task. Um, you know, that if you look at the Apostle Paul and we see that he entered into a mission field and then he did evangelism and preached the gospel in that field. And then as he gathered those that have made decisions to follow Jesus, he began discipleship. And then he gathered those disciples into church formation. And then he appointed leaders. And then he transitioned elsewhere and repeated the cycle. That's what we call the core missionary task. That does not change, whether it's the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts or missionaries in Taiwan in 2022. That's, that's what we do. And so whereas the compass was and is our framework for training and conceptualizing the core missionary task, and we have not been able to do those kinds of trainings, doing the missionary task, though, has not changed. And so we still do that. We just have to be creative and think about how we can do it. And if that's doing it online, if that's doing trainings in, in person, but on a small scale, but we, we, the actual missioning task doesn't change in our, and we don't just stop and say, well, we can't because of the pandemic, we'll wait until the pandemic's over. And I think we just have to be creative and say, well, what can we do? Okay, we couldn't, we can't do it like we were doing it, but what can we do? And so, so that's why I say, yes, it has changed and impacted, but no, um, it doesn't change what we do. That kind of leads perfectly into my, my next question, because you talked about getting creative. How have some of the missionaries in their ministries in Taiwan, how have they gotten kind of creative with their ministry? So I think it's, it's caused all of us to say, I mean, it's so easy to kind of default into, well, I'll just wait or default. I can't do what I wanted it to do, or I can't look like what I thought it would look like. So I'll just, and before you know it, you're just, you're kind of spending all day behind a computer and, and it's just so easy to, to do that. And that, that may be what's needed or necessary for us for a season. Maybe you, you use the extra time to get work on some projects. I mean, it's, there's, there's a time and place for some of that. But we, what we don't want to say is, well, we can't really do um, what we're sent here to do, or we can't really do what we're called to do because of this challenge. And because right, there's it's, today it's the pandemic, tomorrow it'll be something else. And there's always challenges and obstacles. And so, I think as as the body of Christ, we we have to say, well, what can we do to to continue to do what God's called us to do? So you know, I think about evangelism, discipleship, church formation, training, equipping of believers. We we just make do with what we can. Um, I'll give you some examples. You know, so we were doing evangelism trainings where we would train, maybe train people in the morning and then we would go out in the afternoon, for example. And those were, that was, that's an example of one we would do. And then that was hopefully then a launching point to regular evangelism uh, and creating a culture of evangelism with partners. The idea being that, okay, as a missionary, I can share with X number of people a week or a month but if I can train 10 locals, and even if just two or three of them take it and run with it, well, then I've multiplied myself over two or three times, trying to take that mindset in what we're doing. So we were doing those things, but then now, okay, now churches are hesitant to want to do those kinds of trainings. Or if they're willing to do the training, they're hesitant to want to go out and actually do evangelism. And so, you know, I think what we're doing is, is our teams and personnel are just going to, to different partners and saying, well, what are you, what are you comfortable doing? We, we don't want to force or push anything. We just say, hey, we want to follow their lead and say, okay, what are you comfortable doing? And if it's not going out, but we just do the training for now, okay, well, let's, let's do that. Let's do what we can. 
we want to do it online. Okay, let's do that. And then maybe you don't, maybe you can't go out or maybe they're not comfortable going out uh, on, and hit the streets and the parks to share. But then maybe you say, okay, well, if we're not going to go out today, really challenge them to say, but hey, who can you share with between now and next time we meet in a week or two weeks? Um, maybe people, you know, who are five people you know and have them write those names down. And then when you meet again in a week or two, follow up and say, okay, did you share with those that you said you'd share with? And so trying to just think, okay, we're not going to go out today. Well, okay, then you can share on your own, share with family members, share with coworkers, people you're going to be interacting with anyway, and trying to just rethink things. That's one. Uh, another is uh, what we what we call our some of our leadership development. We have we've launched a new initiative called One Two Three Next Gen, which is uh, an effort to identify um, you know, next generation leaders, those who are. Maybe they're leading in some capacity, but they want to grow in that leadership. Maybe they're really not doing a lot of leading, but they have a desire to grow in that or church leadership thinks they have that potential. And so we take them and train them in theological sessions, theological trainings uh, with the word of God and the truths of the gospel, and then also do hands-on mentoring and ministry together. You know, I was scheduled to lead one of those trainings and the day, the day before the training is when I tested positive for COVID. And so, you know, it was like, oh, so we had to rethink things. Okay. I can't go and do the training in person. And so um, what we did was that we did it. They were in person and I was online and it, it's not, it wasn't as ideal, but I had other colleagues who could be there in person and, and they were able to do, it was really a team effort. I think that's what you have to do when you're limited is say, okay, I may be limited, but what can we do together? Um, as a team effort. And so I was able to do what I could online and then they were able to do a lot of things in person. And so it just caused us to really be intentional to say, let's share the load here or what can you do that I can't do? Um, so I think those are just some examples of ways we're trying to say, okay, what are people comfortable with? What can we do? And to say, God's not limited and maybe this isn't working out as what I had hoped it would, or maybe this isn't panning out as I expected it would. But maybe God's doing something else over here and he's opening our eyes to do to do something different. Um, and I think remembering and having that kind of faith that says, OK, we're limited. OK, we're running up against this obstacle. But God, nothing's frustrating God's plans. Right. God doesn't get frustrated. And so his plans don't get frustrated. And so looking and saying, OK, how do we need to pivot? How do we need to readjust? And if that's some of that's online, if some of maybe some of that is simply just maintaining relationship um, and then, and then trusting that in a month or two months, whenever we're able to get back and reignite things, we've, we've still maintained that relationship or that trust or that partnership with, uh, local leaders or whatnot, who then are saying, Hey, yeah, we, all those things we were talking about this summer, let's, let's, let's go for it. Let's launch now. So I think those are all different ways we're trying to still stay engaged. Do you think that Taiwan will open its borders anytime soon? Or do you think they'll be considered, continue to close, be closed to like, normal outside traffic i mean especially now it's the summer we're starting into you know the summer for the u.s a lot of teams come typically during the summer and obviously for the past several years there haven't been able to be any teams or really any outsiders coming to taiwan you think that will change uh conjecture is definitely the right word because that <laughs> yeah. is all it is i i have no inside track i um i mean i think we all hope so right i mean i think we're all we all look at, I mean, the quarantine has gone from 14 to 10 to seven. And then now there, there, there are 
the government has verbalized that they plan to continue to, to loosen that. So I think we hopeful we all see the direction it's going that yes, it will open up. I think we all maybe assumed it would have by now, but it's not. And we just need to be just wait and be patient on that. I think in regards to, you know, you talk about partnerships actually was just on a call, uh, you know, two days ago with, with one of our close uh, collegiate partners, just talking about how it had been uh, a long time since we had had their team, their teams and their, you know, their students on the ground with us doing ministry. And, you know, I, I had even verbalized to, to this, somebody I've known for a long time, very close, but just said, just tried to be honest and say, Hey, we, we are excited about the future. We're hopeful Taiwan will open up, but at the same time, we, we know you have a ministry to run you and that much of the world is open. If you need to move on to other partnerships uh, and commit to other places, we, we want you to feel the freedom to do that. Like we know you can't just continue to wait for us forever. And I think every, every ministry and every partnership is needing to make those, those kinds of decisions. What we are finding though, from most of our partners that we talk to me personally, with my own personal partnerships, as well as those of, of our, other uh, colleagues and team members is that a lot of people are still still very high on Taiwan and very high on partnership in Taiwan and very, very, very excited to continue partnering here. And this particular partner has just said, hey, not once have we ever considered ending this partnership. We're When Taiwan opens, we're, we're there. And, um, and I think it's what we're seeing with a lot of our partners, whether it's collegiate partners, churches, um, I think people see the potential here. There's an excitement about what, what God can do here, not only with the, the, the large numbers of students, the large um, opportunities that are here, the, the, really the need to reach a next generation and, and reach uh, students and raise up a, a new generation for the church in Taiwan, but also, I mean, I am a big believer that Taiwan can and will be a blessing to the nations and that Taiwan can really hopefully be a, a real missional base, a global base to impact the nations far beyond uh, this island. And so, and I think a lot of that's going to start with, with students and the next generation. And so us casting that vision to our partners in the U.S. to say, hey, come join us in this and let's see what God will do here in raising up a a generation of, of gospel uh, workers uh, from this island. I think that's exciting to people. And, and just as soon as the borders open, they, they, they want to be here. And so it's weird because we've gone so long without those kinds of visitors. Yeah. I think a lot of us have just kind of, it seems like so long ago that, that in visualize, visualizing and envisioning what partnerships can look like here on the ground, it's been so long since we did that. Um, I think a lot of our, our folks have just kind of forgotten about that. And so actually it was reminding a lot of our team leaders, like, hey, we need to be thinking strategically about what that can look like, because hopefully, Lord willing, those borders do open soon. And I think when they do, we can have a real uh, flood of partners wanting to be on the ground here with us doing ministry. So let's let's think about how we can do that well. Yes, my my last question. You may not really have an answer I don't know how long it's been since you guys have gone home. We were finally able to go home, I guess, Chinese New Year for two weeks and then spent, you know, three weeks in quarantine. We got back. Something like, I guess, a word of encouragement to missionaries that maybe haven't gotten to see their family for multiple years, but also aren't able to go home just because they don't have either anyone to take over their ministry or anyone to 
take up their stand in their area. Sure. Yep. Yeah. I mean that that would be that would be us. We have not <laughs> left this island since since the pandemic began. I we I had traveled. I had done some traveling right there in early 2020 before borders were closed when it was still when this nobody was quite sure what this thing was. But that was the last time I was out of Taiwan, and um, it it's been over three years since my family we were all together back in the states as a family. So. Yeah, spring of 2019. So we, yeah, we're we're we get that. We're we're definitely in that boat. We haven't left Taiwan in, in a long time. And so yeah, we haven't seen family in person in, in some time. Our kids are much older <laughs> and grown up. Uh, it just yeah, it's it's um it's it's interesting to think about. I, I think you know I think a couple of things. I think one when it comes to our ministry, uh, I'm I try to remind myself this isn't. It's not my ministry. It's 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 the Lord's or it's local partners. And it's you know, and I, you know, that was something we had to really come to grips with in our previous season in the big country when that ended abruptly. And um, just remind myself, you know what? That was never my ministry. It, it's the Lord's, and it'll continue long after I'm gone. And so, you know, whether it's hey, I, I feel like I can leave or can't leave. To be sure, there's there's, I get it. There's, there's times when it's like, I, I have to stay. There's nobody that can take on what I'm doing. And it's one to remember too. I think it's helpful to remember, we remind ourselves, and I don't mean this um, in any uh, self-righteous kind of, I, I, I'm going to say it more to myself to remind ourselves and preach to ourselves, you know, whole, this is our home really. I mean, right. This is, this is our home and going, going back to the U S is that's a home sense too. There's family, there's friends, there's, partner churches, home churches, but um, we try to remind ourselves this, this is really our home and, and that going back there would be for a visit, but that, and like I said, I don't, I don't say that in any kind of, uh, we love going back to the, to the States. We're very much looking forward to our time. We, 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 those are such a blessing to us, but I think it helps us for, for seasons like this, when we're here for three to four years without leaving, it's um, okay, this is this is where the Lord wants us. This is where we are. This is where we've planted roots. This is trying to remind ourselves of that, and or maybe not even this is our home, but you know, uh, we're we're the, the heaven is our home, right? I mean, it's just remind ourselves our home is amongst the nations, and wherever our home is, wherever God places us. And I say that's I say that that's easier said than done. I get that, yeah. and miss family, and we miss friends. We miss our partner churches. And like I said, we're, we're transitioning back for a brief season and we are very much looking forward to that and we'll, we'll be blessed by it. So I think just from remembering those things and trying to find contentment with, okay, this is where we are. And that's not just for traveling or seeing family, but that's just for ministry in general, like of all the restrictions, all the, the frustrations. And I, I recognize that's easy for me to say, I've had stability here uh, yeah. in Taiwan. There's, there's colleagues that have just not had this, that have bounced around or have been waiting in America. So I, I fully acknowledge that this is easier said than done, but trying to find contentment with, with our lot and our circumstances and saying, okay, this is not what I expected. This is not what I wanted, but this is, this is where the Lord would have us. And I, I say that as not as somebody who's figured it out. I just, I say that as something that's, that that's what the scriptures tell us to do. And so I'm on that journey trying to figure that out and do that as well. Those are, those are all things that as we remember, okay, we haven't seen people that we want to see or we can't get people here that we want to get here, but we're, we're, we're trying to, to stay positive and stay hopeful. Well, that's all for this week. 
I really hope you enjoyed getting to hear all about the life of missionaries in Taiwan and how they've dealt with the restrictions and lockdowns. We really can't thank all the listeners enough for the love and support we received through this podcast. We really appreciate it. If you're interested in reaching out to us about a topic or just want to say hi, feel free to email us at tmfccg at gmail.com. We'd love to hear back from you. We'll be dropping a new episode in a few weeks, so be on the lookout for that because you won't want to miss it. Until next time, bye!